Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to the show. It is Wednesday, May 27th, 2015. We've got a great show for you. Our special guest is theoretical quantum physicist, Dr. Amit Goswami. He's back for a second time on Guys Guys Radio. He's going to talk about his new book, Quantum Economics. We discussed quantum creativity, uh, couple of months ago and he's got another book out now so we'll bring him on in a few minutes and i'm excited about that and i get nervous when uh dr goswami comes on because uh i'm just a guy's guy and he's a he's a phd although i do have an mba but i mean he's one of the foremost quantum theory uh experts in the world and um i gotta tell you his book is fascinating and I had to read it slowly. And what we'll try to do for our audience tonight is, you know, it is Guys Guys Radio. So we deal with all things that have to do with life, love, and the pursuit of happiness. And we have guests on, everybody from dating experts to entertainers to spiritual writers and healers and just uh, people who have all have to do with all different walks of life. And what we'll attempt to do is kind of break down uh, Dr. Goswami's theories to make it digestible for for our audience, and uh, you know the book, you know when you hear something like quantum economics, you think it's going to be oh my god, I'll never understand that. It if if you give yourself a chance, uh, it's accessible. So we'll get there in a few moments. So what's going on now? Well, we just had Memorial Day. I hope everybody had a great one here on the uh, East Coast up here in our studios, our guys guys studio in Harlem. We had beautiful weather this past weekend. And it was a nice, relaxing Memorial Day. I got to see my folks who were coming up on a on their 65th wedding anniversary and my dad's 90th birthday, both on the same day in a week from now. So pretty excited about that. Um, we've got a whole bunch of family coming to a luncheon that we're going to have. Um, my son just turned two. So uh, we've got a real nice spread in terms of uh, old and young and in between with lots of great people in the in the Manny clan, if you will. Um, elsewhere, I just embarked on a juice fast, my second one of the year. So basically, all us guys, guys like to take care of ourselves. And the older you get, the more challenging it is. Uh, I've mentioned many times that I had two robotic surgeries on my kidneys. Uh, six months ago, I got just had an MRI, had a clean bill of health. But, you know... Uh, when they do the procedures, it still knocks your body around a little bit and they pump you up with gas and air and stretch your fascia. And uh, it's t and I, I'm a very prideful guy when it t comes to my body. And uh, it's taken me a while to really get, get exactly where I want to be. And I'm not there yet. And I, I just, my body said, clean yourself up a little bit. So I've gone on a uh, juice fast and basically all I've been consuming for the last three days is um, is organic vegetables through a, a juicer. So you, you don't have the fiber. You just get the juice. You drink that. Uh, you can also drink herbal tea. So I have some uh, decaffeinated rooibos tea. And um, I've lost six pounds in the last three days. Uh, you know, when you start on uh, to embark on something like this, it's the it's the beginning that's the toughest. But what I found is, since it's like this is the third or fourth time I've done this, that it gets easier. And if you don't think about it, you just go, you just put food aside for a while. And um, the the real the real challenge is to post fasting to not just go back to your consumption habits to to be more mindful and to slow down and to eat good foods. And it really makes a difference. I know in my healing for the past six months, uh, the role of diet was very important as well as the role of slowing down, meditation, visualization, getting enough rest, sleeping well, and doing whatever I could to open up my 
chakras, keep my chakras clean, open up my heart chakra. I know Dr. Gaswami has a, has a chakra cleaning methodology in one of his books. So I'm going to ask him about that. So I'm feeling good. Um, still in the detox phase though. I'm, my mouth is a little bit on the filmy clammy side, but I'm starting to get a real, real acute mental clarity. I'm coming out of the little fog and confusion. And, uh, I'm going to go for 10 days. That's the, that's the, that's the goal. So for next Wednesday's show, I should be just finishing up. So we'll see how I do. And now, now I'm on the line because I said, I'm going to do it. Also, uh, we're in Mercury is in retrograde right now. For those of you who keep track of those things, uh, Mercury in retrograde is supposedly a time for comes around three or four times a year, supposedly a time for some confusions, delays, and frustrations, but it's also a good time to take a step back and take stock of things and relook and finish up and tweak projects you've been working on versus signing contracts and things of that sort. So hopefully everybody's getting through Mercury in retrograde because it goes from May 19th to June 11th. So we're we're getting into the heart of it. And yeah, a lot of times it, you have electrical issues and computer snafus and travel delays, and you just have to kind of chill and give yourself a little bit more time to do the things that uh, make up your conscious mind and your day-to-day -day life. I never really mentioned the music that I really love, the lead-in music for our show. And it's, uh, it's, a, it's a song called uninspired by a band called Noba, led by Dave Baziri. And he was kind enough to allow me to use his music. And uh, it's fantastic. So in case you're looking for some new music, just go online, go to iTunes, look up Noba, N-O-B-A. And they have the full song as well as many other songs. But I want to give a shout out because uh, he's been very kind and allowing me to use his music. And I haven't talked to him in, since the show started. So <laughs> I hope he's well, though. Um, so that's basically where we are. What's coming up next? We've got the month of June. I just keep online. There's so much about this Entourage movie coming out that I hope it lives up to expectations. They just did a splendid job with the TV show, and it's really caught the public, uh, the public eye. And with all the cameos of the athletes and the actors and the people in Hollywood, it's it's really grabbed a special spot in terms of people's. Uh, focus on the whole celebrity culture and the storytelling is very good in the, in the series. And it's been two or three years since the series ended. So it would be interesting to see how they translate a TV series, even though it was HBO. I think the episodes were about a half hour long to the big screen where you have to have more grandeur and more pageantry and a bigger story. Uh, but I thought they really, I think Doug Ellen, who, who, who was the director and the creator of the show and wrote many of the episodes. I think he did a fantastic job in storytelling, uh, dialogue, as well as creating uh, the vibe, the world that they created for the series. Because uh, it's a fun world and it's not as depressing as all the other nonsense that we hear all the time. He did a really good job with that. So let's hope for the best. It comes out on June 3rd. And now let's talk about our special guest, because um, as I mentioned, um, in the whole guys, guys universe, if you will, we, we deal with when men and women can be at their best, everyone wins. The whole thing started with my novel, The Guys, Guys, Guide to Love. And then we got into relationships and dating. And it was all about men and women being at their best and how, how there's a communication chasm between the sexes and how we can bring that together. And then it grew from there with Guys, Guys Radio. We started with dating experts. And then we got into life, love, and the pursuit of happiness. And my blog, which has now been uh, featured quite, quite prominently on your tango, a lot of my blog posts because there's always there's over 240 of them and we've been filtering them through your tango and they've been nice enough to feature a lot of them robertmanny.com uh, facebook robert manny author twitter at robert manny youtube robert manny author and all podcasts of guys guys radio are on both blog talk radio and itunes so you can subscribe you listen to them whenever you want and as I was saying, you know, quantum economics on face value isn't something we'd normally be talking about on this type of show, but it is all about making the world a better place. And there's a spiritual underpinning uh, to, to the book and to the concept and also 
it is very relevant because uh, the economy is pumped up right now. It's kind of kicking the can down the road where they're just printing more money. And uh, I understand the idea, but the, the, the debt, the national debt is growing at a rate faster than we can pay it off. So it's growing, therefore, exponentially, and eventually something's got to give. And usually what happens when you have different types of economies and how economies evolved is something else replaces what we have currently. And we started with the feudal system many, many years ago where there was a, some rich, rich landowners and then some poor serfs doing all the work. And then uh, Adam Smith came along with his model and we got into kind of the capitalist capitalist world that we've been living in for the last century or so. And now it's been stuck because it's got a boom and bust aspect to it and things have to change. And again, now we're back to the feudal system in some ways because we have some very, very rich people, the so-called one percenters. And then we have a lot of other people who are living in debt and just trying to keep up. And so there has to be some change. And Dr. Gaswami, his approach is to add a component of spirituality and mindfulness to the economy uh, so that everybody wins. So let me tell you a little bit about our guest, and then I'll welcome him to the show. Um, he's he's really a special, special guy. Um, he's a theoretical quantum physicist. Uh, he served as a full professor at the University of Oregon's Department of Physics for about 30 years, uh, and now he's the leader of this new paradigm called Science Within Consciousness. Uh, he has a book, his seminal book is called The Self-Aware Universe, where he solves the quantum measurement problem, elucidating the famous observer effect. Since then, he's written other popular books based on his research on quantum physics and consciousness, The Visionary Window, Physics of the Soul, Quantum Doctor, Creative Evolution, just more and more. Uh, in his private life, Dr. Goswami is a practitioner of spirituality and transformation, and he calls himself a quantum activist. He appeared in the film, What the Bleep Do We Know?, and the sequel, Down the Rabbit Hole, as well as documentaries, Dalai Lama Renaissance, and the award-winning The Quantum Activist. So right now, I would like to bring on our esteemed guest, Dr. Amit Goswami. Sir, are you there? Yes. Hi, Robert. That hey, was how a fantastic, are you? Uh, I'm good, but that was a fantastic uh, introduction. I really liked it. <laughs> well, it's all true, and you're a fantastic individual, so I'm I'm honored to have you uh, join us back on the show again. And as I was talking about, you know, to start off, you know, the it's very interesting, your approach, because from what I've been reading is, you know, feudalism uh, begot capitalism, uh, Adam Smith's kind of model for capitalism that we've kind of been living with, and then, then we've gone back to feudalism in some ways because of the one percenters, and things that I've been reading about are about like cooperatives becoming a new, the new economic model. Um, and you're taking an approach of more of a mindful, uh, you call it quantum economics, but where there is a spiritual underpinning to how we can evolve economically. Could you kind of just kick off the discussion? And I would like you to first, if you could, really uh, define for us your your definition of quantum, because for our audience, um, maybe they know that, you know, there's the th quantum uh, exceeds, if you will, transcends the theory of relativity. But beyond that, I'm not sure how much people know. So if you could start out with kind of discussing the core of what quantum is and then how you, you're seeing it as applicable to economics. Again, you just uh, surprised me by using the right word, transcend. So what quantum physics does is that it introduces a transcendent domain of reality uh, aside from our space-time reality. And that is really the crucial thing, because this transcendent domain of reality, which we call domain of potentiality, where objects uh, are there, but there are possibilities of consciousness. So that is really the crucial thing because now consciousness has to play a role because how do these objects of potentiality become objects of actuality that we experience? Uh, in quantum language, how does quantum wave 
That is what a particle is, an object is in quantum mm-hmm. physics. How does a wave become a particle? Because we don't see particle, we only see particle in our space-time reality. We don't see this possibility wave. We never see possibility. We see actuality. So how does possibility become actuality? Consciousness chooses. So it gives choice back to us. What has happened to economics and many our other social systems is that the physics that prevails is still Newtonian physics and looks at, looks at us as machines. And this is, of course, why you are interested in quantum physics, because you cannot pursue happiness um, in a machine world. Machines don't have experiences. So there's no such thing as happiness in the machine world. There is sex, of course. But, you know, as soon as you shifted to things like spirituality and happiness, the machine physics is hopeless. Mm-hmm. And this is why quantum physics has to be brought in to modify all the social systems that we have. And particularly economics, the uh, advancement from Adam Smith is quite simple. If we introduce quantum, Adam Smith was uh, uh, based on a classical approach, Newtonian approach, if we introduce quantum, then we have to introduce some of this stuff of consciousness. What does consciousness uh, experience? It's not just matter, that sensing, but we also have feeling, thinking, we even intuit, uh, love, beauty, justice, happiness itself. Uh, that's an intuition, right? So uh, these quantities, these uh, feeling, thinking, and uh, these archetypal quantities, uh, what we experience as intuition, these quantities can be put back in the economics. Now, this idea is not as foreign as you think. Even MBAs uh, learn about Maslow's <laughs> hierarchy of needs, right? Exactly. Remember? Yep. Mm-hmm. So uh, Maslow suggested this in the in the 60s, and, and he never had a complete application to economics, but I, have, uh, but I had a discussion with a uh, business professor, I remember in the 70s about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I was speaking from a physicist point of view and he from a business point of view, but we didn't get anywhere because it was too premature. But now finally, I have really applied that Maslow's idea that when material needs are satisfied, we go for higher needs and that's when we are ready for vital energy needs of feeling better mental uh, meaning needs, uh, everybody looks for a meaningful job today, notice, and especially even value needs because, you know, this is why your show is so popular because you talk about happiness and everybody wants happiness, love, this kind of quantity in their life, not just sexuality, not just pleasure. They're looking for higher aspects of human existence, which are not machine aspects. Now, you mentioned uh, kind of in a similar tone, uh, material-based system uh, versus one that is an infinite frontier without scarcity. So talk to us a little bit about how that applies ec- economically, kind of what is, how do, how do we kind of, how do we kind of make that, start to make that leap? I, the, the first step is to, I guess, apply quantum, the concept of quantumness to economics. And the second is to look at what's the current economic situation. How, how do we start to, I think the practical aspect of it where it, it, it gets, becomes very challenging is um, twofold. One is there's a lot of different economic uh, statues throughout the world where you have developing countries and more sophisticated countries. And the other one is just getting through to the, to the corporate leaders who are, many are driven by, by greed. So how do we kind of get started on the path towards quantum economics? Well, uh, the, uh, you got it again. Uh, very. Uh, this is the crucial question. So uh, how do you do it? Uh, Adam Smith uh, had the concept of um, uh, selfishness uh, right in front because that's how capitalism works. We have to work for ourselves first, absolutely. And uh, because we work for ourselves, the concept of private property is introduced and the gifted people and the people who our consumers, they are both looking for numero uno first. But Mm -hmm. in addition, Adam Smith did implicitly um, talked about social good because he's implicitly, he was thinking, um, it's very clear, he was thinking that people would be ethical, both the, uh, especially the gifted people, the producers, uh, the business people, they will be ethical. And his assumption was that people would be creative. 
in that creativity and the concept of ethics, uh, social good was implicit in Adam Smith capitalism. But over the years, what happened was scientific materialism took over the previous worldview of modernism, where there was scope for ethics. In scientific materialism, there is no scope for ethics anymore. People are just machines, so how can there be any ethics? Good and bad doesn't make any sense for machines. Machines are just you know, doing their conditioned thing. So ethics disappeared, and uh, much of the problem we see today is because of ethics disappeared, and also creativity disappeared, because machines cannot be creative. They just do their thing on the past of what you program them with. So in this way, we now have really a problem, and to go beyond it, we have to bring back a system which can give us ethics, creativity, and more. Social goods should be explicit. Remember, we are living in a Keynesian economy. We really don't live anymore in Adam Smith's capitalism. Keynesian mm -hmm. economics is essential because it puts in social good explicitly. If it didn't, America would be in real deep trouble. I mean, older people especially because social security would not be there, Medicare would not be there. So all this is part of explicit social good that we have put back in uh, capitalism following Keynes. But now we need to do more because the businesses, as I said, under scientific materialism, machine uh, economics, they are not following ethics anymore, nor are people particularly care about creativity. So what I do is, uh, is put in subtle components of economics, feeling, meaning, and uh, those archetypes, uh, happiness included, love included, that in the economic equation, that's the key. When you do that, then I can show that you don't have business cycle, that, that boom and bust disappears. You get a steady state economics, and you get sustainability because these quantities, vital energy that we feel, mental meaning that we think, or archetypal values that we enjoy, um, these quantities are all infinite quantities. There is no zero-sum game. You can love any number of people you like, but you still have as much love to give as ever. So production is infinite, consumption is infinite. You never have to worry about zero-sum game, that if you, uh, if you take something, you don't have anything left for somebody else. Um, so this is the advantage. Uh, economy, economy requires uh, expansion. Every time we get into a recession, only consumer expansionism gets us out of the recession. Mm -hmm. This expanding economy cannot be completely avoided because population keeps on growing. So therefore, we have to find a way to the finiteness, to answer to the finiteness of material resources. How do you get over that? You cannot sustain the present rate at which we are consuming the resources. That is a fundamentally unsolvable problem of current economics. By putting subtle quantities like vital energy in the equation, you solve that finiteness problem and therefore can get a sustainable economy. But at this juncture, I know I'm, I'm taking way too long to answer your question, but at this juncture, I probably should give an example. What do you think? Yes, I think that would be very helpful. But your answer okay. is very articulate, so thank you. Take as much time as you want. Good. Okay, so let's let's look at a rose. You know, um, mm -hmm. men still give women rose. I mean, in your show, you must talk about this. Um, it is romantic. I wish Why they gave more roses out, but uh, yes, <laughs> the theoretically, <laughs> chivalry is hard to find these days. Uh, well, uh, exactly. That is also true. But why do we give rose? Because rose not only has a good perfume, but it also has romance in it. Where does the romance come mm -hmm. from? As we smell the perfume, romance enters because romance is the vital energy part of the rose. We feel that, we directly feel with our consciousness this vital energy. And that's why we feel romance, we feel romantic. And this is the crucial point. So uh, entrepreneurs today, you know, perfume makers, they take the perfume molecules out of the rose and put that in a little bottle because, you know, a huge bouquet of roses is inconvenient to carry everywhere. Women want to carry the perfume in the purse, little purse. So that, that's reasonable that you, we get the molecules out and in a little vial so one does not have to carry all these roses and that also requires the vase of water and all this stuff. 
So that's fine. But the, uh, have you noticed, I mean, women especially would notice, that this perfume, however much you use it, it won't give your guy any romantic feeling, nor will it mm-hmm. give you any romantic feeling. So where did the romance go? Well, it went away in the changing of the macro into the micromolecules, because only the macro form has connection with vital energy. This is mm-hmm. the big thing. So some, in some way, if we could extract the vital energy as we extract the molecules out of the macro roses and put that back in into the vial of perfume, revitalized perfume, I call it, then that revitalized perfume would have both the scent and also the feeling of romance. And this is what a vital energy product would look like. This is what vital energy product would feel like. And not only you can do, do, do it with perfume, you can do it with water. Like ordinary water, tap water does not have the quality of thirst quenching. You must have noticed it. This is why you are drinking more and more bottled spring water, although you have to pay for water. I mean, <laughs> that's an amazing thing, no? And, and spring water satisfies, tap water doesn't. What's the mystery? The vital energy is gone. So we again take, uh, take out the vital energy from spring water and put it back in and, and bottle the water. That way we do it cheaply and you don't have to pay for the transportation of all the spring water from the springs and so forth. And uh, again, we get um, the revitalized water. That could become a huge industry. Revitalized cosmetics, revitalized water, revitalized perfume, revitalized diet food, you name it, you got it. And this is what I mean by a new arena of economic activity. Well, let's talk about food a little bit along along those lines. And I know you use the example of an orange in, in the book, so we can start there because you actually you're using it orange versus, you know, vitamin C that you would take separately. But yes. how, how does your theory... Uh, relate to food because we have such a challenging issue right now with food. I mean, it goes all the way back to, I mean, the challenges of business are, and I have a long corporate career. Uh, you know, the bottom line is you have to, you have to satisfy the shareholders. Number two, uh, technology is becoming more and more and more important. And so every business has many more measurements than they've ever had. I mean, I'm from the advert marketing advertising world and advertising now is a very, uh, left brain type of business now. Uh, there's a lot, there's, and as a result, there's less and less creativity or rewards of creativity. Everybody wants the results, not necessarily creativity. Though you may get some kudos for creativity if you have those rewards, which is more sales. So we start with a a, a model based on that. H- how do we then? And let's look at the food supply. How how can we take something like the food supply where we're looking at um, food labeling and what goes into the food. And you make a mention in your book about, you know, if you take a piece of organic vegetable or fruit and you lay it down and even taste it next to a, uh, a GMO or, you know, not, not organic, non-organic product, it's, com- it's completely different. And I, uh, my wife and I, we eat organic as much as possible. I can just say you take a lemon an organic yeah. lemon versus a non-organic lemon. The the life force that, I don't know how you measure it, but first of all, there's a lot more juice in it, but the life force in it seems so much more. So I'm sorry for the really Perfect. long question, but let's talk about food in terms of yeah. this, because I think food is a category because there's so much controversy about food right now. How can we apply quantum economics to food and the food business? I'll give you a positive example and a negative example. Okay. First, the negative. The negative is that absolutely, you got it completely right. And, and organic food, at least supermarket food, is, is, most of it is not that corrupted as we have the genetically modified food. I mean, you know, in America, we are looking for labeling of genetically modified so we can discern. And that is just so important because the genetically modified food does not have the right vital energy that we can use mm-hmm. because the food has been genetically modified. The macroscopic form is not the same 
And if the macroscopic form is not the same, the vital energy associated with it are not the vital energies that we mm -hmm. need for our nutrition. So the Monsanto rice that we buy is just not healthy for us. This is the part we have to be very careful. It's a, almost it should be a crusade that um, against the Monsanto, this genetically modified rice and other food that is getting into the supermarket in spite of the protests that uh, people are making rightfully. So that's the negative part. The positive part is that we cannot do anything putting back the vital energy in Monsanto food because they still have vital energy of some other kind, except we cannot, we don't need that kind of vital energy. What we mm -hmm. need is what we need, which is our real food. So uh, the good part is that when we are taking uh, chemically processed food, that just has lost its vital energy. So it does not have any vital energy because it has been chemically processed, not much vital energy at all. This stuff that you said, the organically grown bean versus uh, mm -hmm. um, this chemically processed beans which grows in fertilizer and stuff, it just does not have enough of the good vital energy. This we can revitalize. So we don't have to, we don't have to ban them completely. We just have to do a cheap, uh, revitalization is very cheap technology, so it's not a difficult thing. We just revitalize them. And this is especially important, you know, um, for your show. People are looking for beauty and handsomeness and men-women relationships. <laughs> you know how important it is to keep on dieting, right? So we all end up eating diet food every now and then. We cannot help it because... Food is interesting. We eat too much. We gain weight. Stress, we gain weight. Then we have to lose it. But have you noticed that you lose it and then you gain it back? Because yeah. what happens is that the hankering never goes away with diet food because diet food does not have vital energy. If we revitalize the diet food, then the diet food will satisfy and we will have zero hankering. And if that happens then we don't gain back the weight so fast and go over dieting again and again and again. So it, it, the diet food industry really would gain enormously, and I'm talking about billion-dollar business here uh, from revitalization, this concept of revitalization. Yeah, it always seems ironic to me that every you know we all want the foods to be, the GMO foods to be labeled, but... You know, they actually are, there is labeling. And all you have to know is if it's not GMO, it'll be on the label. If it's not on the label, it's GMO. Ah. So, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it, it's, but it's interesting that also that this is a movement now that's happening, that people have gotten very, qu very quickly, they've gotten aware that you know what, we're eating a lot of uh, food without vital energy in it. And now the word has spread. Social media, I'm sure, has done a lot of it. But, you know, we're, we're go up against a political system that's protecting, you know, some of the big agricultural companies and, and companies like Monsanto, where, you know, Obama hasn't done anything about it. Hillary Clinton's not going to do anything about it. Jeb Bush is not going to do anything about it. And it's, it's the consumers who are basically putting their foot down. And, it, uh, and so... I'm wondering is with different aspects of quantum economics, how, how much doctor do you see that being driven in the different businesses by the consumers versus by the owners of these corporations? Well, right now, of course, the government is elitist and both parties are elitist and therefore the, it is very hard for consumers to move the politician towards consumer interest. Um, there are politicians who will do it if we could uh, ever elect them, like Elizabeth Warren, I think, would be a fantastic mm -hmm. president. But um, be it as it may, right now the political situation is not totally hopeless, but it is very slow. Um, how do we change to quantum economics, being in these ideas of vital energy, consumer interest prevails? Um, it, has, it can be done in many, many different levels. Uh, the one where we definitely will succeed is that, look, the paradigm got to shift. Quantum physics is the correct physics. Newtonian physics is simply wrong and simply mm -hmm. not complete. So paradigm got to shift. 
second thing that got to change is that uh, capitalism in the modified Adam Smith form is just not working. Recession, recession, and recession. Mm -hmm. People are fed up with it. Mm -hmm. So it got to shift, got to change. So those two givens are going to help us into um, desperately looking for a new system of economics. At the same time, we have this vital energy uh, industry that is ready to uh, ready to be develop on mass uh, small scale. It's already there. In small scale, you can even get revitalized water <laughs> already. Mm -hmm. So you know, um, uh, it, it's a question of uh, how to convince the big corporations. You know that there are big profits here, and and that is the purpose of my book. That when people see that, well, yeah, it's really there. It really works. It eliminates boom and bust cycle. It, it it gives us sustainability and it gives us good stuff of life. I mean, vitality. This is what we need uh, for living. So, how can one object to it? And how can one object uh, making love uh, in the a product of uh, in our economy? So uh, we don't have to go to the store and buy. Uh, uh, clothes um, that will discard only get love for a few days or happiness for a few days when we can buy directly happiness from a sage um, uh, who I can access. So this the idea of the kind that I'm talking about, the time for it is ready. And uh, what happens with the um, quantum economics, you are absolutely right. You said there is a spiritual underpinning. You are absolutely right. What happens is that as we consume vital energy, mental meaning, and this spiritual components like happiness and love, by consuming, we become transformed, we change. And we don't need mm -hmm. that too much dependence on the consumer goods, material goods, pleasure-oriented goods anymore. We don't need to even entertain ourselves with sex and violence anymore. So the societies, the spiritual um, growth of society is guaranteed in the new economics and completely unobtrusively. People don't even would not even notice that they are making any big sacrifices of the low-level um, uh, life that they uh, have to live today because they don't know any better. They automatically learn to know better by just consuming products in the economy. That's mm -hmm. the best part of it. So it sounds like there's going to be instead of instead of necessarily you know you take the big companies right now in the big categories it, it, it might be easier instead of trying to get them to change they'll only change when they can see how they can make money on you know doing doing the business with a spiritual underpinning if it if it brings in more profit that's the that's the fastest way to get them on board but i think what is going to happen based on what you're saying doctor is that there'll be new brands and new businesses and new companies that are doing things the quantum way that will become yeah. popular with the consumers and that by them through consumption and through people seeing the benefits of consuming these products that have more vital en energy in them, that things will change that way. Kind of like people are making the move towards organic foods now. And it really happened very quickly. Everybody got kind of got aware and said, wow, you know, we're eating garbage. We have to get out. of Everybody's fat. We have to like change. And it, it yeah. sounds like yeah. there's going to be a lot of new businesses and new brands and new companies that are going to create this change. Is that correct? That is that is the first step. But I'm not so um, completely ready to give up on corporations either because there is a movement for humanizing okay. corporations. And, and, and this movement, you know, I mean, Mitt Romney did say during the 2012 election cycle that corporations are people. Right. And of course, Supreme Court has declared the same thing. And now corporations are misusing it, uh, giving campaign contributions to indiscriminately. Exactly. Um, in, in so of course, the short term uh, consequence of that kind of view is very uh, unfortunate. But in the long term, you know, it's politically correct for businesses to um, try to act like human. And what does that mean? Humans have a, a psyche out, uh, apart from the external stuff that we also experience. What does psyche of a corporation mean? It's the internal environment, it's workspace. So corporations are becoming interested in happier workspace. 
there is already companies who are producing <laughs> vitalization of workspace of companies. And this is something very interesting because if your workspace is happy, if it's more vital, people become more productive. So bottom line actually mm -hmm. increases. So in this way, corporations are finding out that there is a gain in having these quantum components of the economy. For example, I have suggested that why don't the human resources department of every corporation um, modify itself a little bit and uh, provide a department of subtle energy? And these mm -hmm. departments would have, like, giving instead of giving a coffee break, coffee is only a stimulant and actually harms the people more than exactly. it helps, you give them Tai Chi and meditation and yoga mm -hmm. and all these practices that vitalizes them and improves their mind in a spiritual way and creative way. And that will, in fact, in, improve the productivity and the employees will feel better, so they too will be happy. So, you know, this goes right into your pursuit of happiness theme, of your show, and, and this is what we can do to corporations to humanize them. Is it going to happen anytime soon? Uh, no, not anytime soon, but it will happen because corporations are aware that when everybody is happy, productivity goes up and bottom line actually increases much, much better than without this happiness aspect of things, vital energy aspect of things. I, th I think you're 100% correct. Having worked in major corporations, uh, Nabisco brands, uh, AOL, and also agencies, big agencies like Young and Rubicam, Amirati, Puris, Linthos, smaller agencies, Margiotis, Fertitta Partners, um, Agent 16. The, the cultures of companies are, are being skewed to, to do what they can to get the happier workers and more productivity. And it's interesting, uh, some of the ad agencies the first step in it, I, I think it should be Tai Chi and meditation and things like that. But they started by, uh, I think, Wyden and Kennedy out, out in Oregon had like a basketball court in the middle of the agency and things like that to keep the workers happy. And Google has a lot of great things, too. And, you know, it's a slippery slope, though, because part of it, you have to be careful that it's not just a trick to get people to stay in the office longer. Because <laughs> if you live in a studio apartment, yeah. it's better to hang out at work. And it becomes like you're sleeping over. Yeah, here's the next right. thing you know, here's your bunk. And then then everybody, then it's surfed them. So it needs to be handled in a mindful way that um, that the corporations and the agencies are are doing it for, you know, the benefit of the product that will come out, but also for the benefit of the lifestyle of, of, of their workers uh, to the betterment of everybody instead of just using it as a trick. But I think I think those benefits, if you will, are, are going to be slowly but surely integrated. I, I, I think, why not use hypnosis on a sales force just to calm them down? <laughs> yeah. Because no, salespeople are, 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 are crazy. Absolutely, yeah. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> that, is, that, is, that is a very good idea. So I think, you know, the whole package is important. We are still thinking piecemeal, but when the whole package of quantum economics replaces... Adam Smith style capitalism with all kinds of materialism thrown back into it, um, then the situation will be even better because people are changing too. The consumption of vital energy, consumption of happiness changes people and changes people, including the people who run corporations, mm -hmm. including those CEOs. And it unobtrusively happens because the whole culture changes. So when the paradigm shifts, and it is already shifting, uh, when the paradigm shifts in full force and when the economics changes to quantum economics, so this you know, misuse of this kind of thing that today we need to worry about, we won't need to worry about then because ethics will become a fundamentally accepted aspect mm -hmm. of the new science, new paradigm. Nobody would even think about being unethical because it would be impossible. They would be transformed at least to that extent, that ethics, the consideration of fellow human beings is important simply because we are connected. Our separateness mm -hmm. is only an artifice of manifestation. It's not really real. We are connected, mm -hmm. and we can connect through non-locality in so many different ways today. With um, you know, It's very easy with, to become... We have to first become locally connected, and that's so easy with Internet. So non-local connection is just one simple step above getting local connection. We can mm -hmm. do it en masse, and, and that, that too will improve 
our ethical consideration to the fellow human being. So corporations, yeah. I think, can change and they will change. If I could, just let me let me just ask you a little bit about one other industry, and then we can we can wrap up if if you have time. Um, and that that is the kind of the the medical and then the pharma industry because they're they're separate but they're kind of together. And uh, having gone through a, a medical um, scram, if you will, scrum over the last year, my whole life got turned upside down and I came through it and now I'm hundred percent fine, which is great. And it was Western medicine. There was something there. They have robotic surgery. We take it out. We test you. You're hundred percent good. There's only you know, 98% chance it'll never happen again. And you're good to go. That's, that's very different than 20 years ago. So I'm thrilled. However, throughout the entire process, Nobody, no, I said, how do, how, how could I, how did I get something like that? We don't know. It's sporadic. How can I prevent something like that? We don't know. What should I do in the future, you know, to prevent something like that happening again? Uh, nobody in Western medicine, it's about, you have this issue, uh, we'll cut it out. Uh, it, it, it's almost that simple. And how they do it is spectacular. But yes. there's very little done in terms of how do we use alternative and preventative medicine versus allopathy medical to 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 deal with our population and to be uh, have a quantum quantum uh, overlay, if you will, to the medical economics of that business. Yes, uh, this is this is where the vital energy already is making a huge contribution because vital energy medicine has been known since millennia. It's more. It's older than modern medicine by thousands of years. And it is very effective. It's preventive. It's preventive and it applies to chronic disease, disease that happen because our physical body deteriorates with time. So Mm -hmm. the vital energies uh, cannot keep pace with that. And then uh, medical doctors, of course, can cut off the disease part and and congratulations that it worked for you. And all that is very nice. But Robert, be careful about following up with alternative medicine, preventive medicine, because uh, lifestyle change and all that in conjunction with alternative ideas, like you still need the vital energies come and fit Mm -hmm. your modified organ. And that can be done with Tai Chi exercises. Go to Qigong masters and Mm -hmm. tell them your problem, and they will fix the vital energies uh, that you have now they will modify them with creativity. They will, they will, they will show you how to do it. It's the whole theory. If you want to read it, it's in the Quantum Doctor, and um, it really works. And those guys really know what to do with your organs that has been modified by the surgery. They really know. And so you depend on those guys. Take acupunctures. Um, uh, take the qigong, hands-on healing, hands-off mm-hmm. healing. And those will keep your organs, um, uh, you know, uh, commensurate with the vital part. And so you will get regular supply of vital energy. They will work in harmony and the wholeness will uh, sustain for quite some time. Oh, fantastic. Thank you. And is your your chakra cleansing, is that in the quantum doctor? Yes, chakra cleansing. um, I give one simple exercise, but the masters, they can show you much, much more it is really quite uh, developed science because the tradition has been around for millennia, as I said. Okay, fantastic. Well, thank you so much. Doctor, uh, you are a delightful individual and you make, you're so smart, yet you make, it make me feel very comfortable just, uh, and I was nervous before the show because I, you know, your book is, it is accessible, but you know, you see the title, Quantum Economics, how am I going to get through it? But it's really about people <laughs> and it's about the fact that we are all connected and how do you add a little love and some vital energy to something like money? And you've done a great job in explaining that and you've done done such fantastic work and you've been so kind to me so i want to thank you for being on the show and i would ask you if you you. could uh please um please tell everybody where they can find out more about you where they can get your books your website all of that kind of stuff and i hope i hope i'm going to get the quantum doctor and i'm going to read it and i'm going to invite you back on the show right now to talk about that if that's okay with you Thank you, Robert, and and I must say I I must thank you for your wonderful openness to these ideas. You know, you are a quantum activist already. Thank you. Oh, thank um, you. I, I I can be reached with, on my website. Uh, it's um, amitgoswami.org, A M I T, as in Tom, 
G-O-S-W-A-M-I dot org. And uh, there's an email address on them, uh, on it. And if you want to communicate, um, you can find out all about my work, um, including uh, Self-Heart Universe, Quantum Doctor, Quantum Economics, of course, Quantum Creativity. So uh, please visit the website. I am going to also follow up and contact you. Maybe you can give me the names of some uh, some of the uh, people who can uh, help me with revitalized organs who are in the New York area. Would would you know of any of those people? You know, I know I know the person that you can see. Dr. Great. Spook. Okay. I will have you please write to me an email, and I will give, give introduce you to him. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. As always, you've been you're such a kind person, and you're doing so much work for humanity. And um, uh, you're just fantastic. So I really appreciate your being on the show, particularly because, you know, the name of the show is Guys Guys Radio. A lot of guests are not sure what to make of it, but it is about life, love and the pursuit of happiness. And I've trying to be and being trying to be an open person, have grown the brand platform to relationships to be about how do we live better lives? And so I thank you, Dr. Gazwami, for being on the show again and talking about the book, Quantum Economics. So be well, and uh, I will shoot you an email. Thank you very much, sir. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Uh, goodbye. Okay, folks, that's our show for this evening. Um, Dr. Amit Goswami, I hope, uh, and the book is Quantum Economics. We've been, Guys Guys Radio, I'm, I'm already a featured host on uh, Blog Talk Radio, but they also put me into a program for a new sound system. Um, from my end, a uh, hi-fi system. And I, I listened to it uh, last week and it sounded really good. So I hope the listening experience has been vastly improved because it has been kind of a challenge for, for us hosts on Block Talk Radio. But I think I think they've got it now. So I hope you enjoy it. So that's our show. Um, next week, we've got a spiritual writer. Uh, Erica Tucci is going to be on. So we're looking forward to that. And I will be... 10 days into my juice fast by then. I think I could make it. And uh, I hope everybody has a fantastic week coming out. And um, uh, we'll have a lot of stories and fun stuff to talk about next week. And just remember, as always, guys, guys, finish first.